Welcome back to the Sower Seeds Podcast with John Straza, a teaching ministry that will firmly root you in the gospel of God's truth and love. And now, here's John. Hey, this is John Straza, and this is the Sower Seeds Podcast, and we welcome you today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We have a special episode today that we're going to call Beauty for Ashes. Uh, Before we get going, I want to thank many of you for listening to our little in-between episode that we posted this week. We posted a three-minute podcast episode called Take Three with John, and I think we're going to do that on a weekly basis. We'll try anyway. I'm not sure, but we're doing that just to bring some encouragement midweek with a very short, short episode. So it doesn't take much time, and you'll always see that logo picture that just says Take Three with John. It'll always be the same. That way you'll know what it is. And uh, during the weekends, of course, we'll have our regular programming of the Sower Seeds. Um, but today, to get back into Beauty for Ashes, we are looking at Isaiah 61. And this scripture is a very important one. And it's important that we understand what it's saying. It's really introducing the ministry of Jesus and the effect it'll have on the people. It's doing both. So if we look at Isaiah 61 right from the beginning, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Those are the first three verses. And I want to read verse three, where it talks about beauty for ashes in another translation, which is also a very accurate translation. Both are very accurate, and I'll explain the differences in a minute. But when I read the New American Standard Version, verse three reads this way. To grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes. So in this case, it says a garland instead of beauty for ashes. Here it says, giving them a garland for ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Both of these translations really bring out important aspects of what beauty for ashes even means. And it may sound like it's just something that's nice to talk about, but I'm going to show you differently. It's not just something that's nice to talk about. This is something that Jesus brought up. He quoted this verse. Actually, he quoted part of this verse. Um, If we look in Luke 4... We're going to go there, and we're going to see what Jesus did. This is really something. Jesus had just at this point been through the desert of 40 days of fasting. He had been tempted by the enemy. That was a very, very difficult experience. And he had returned to Galilee after that experience. And 
Luke 4 talks about it. And, and in verse 14, it simply says that he came back to Galilee and the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout all the districts. So they were talking about him. He was beginning to teach in the synagogues and was praised by all. Now, in verse 16, Luke 4, verse 16, it says this, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written. And it's what we know as Isaiah 61. And he read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he stopped reading at that point. That's about where verse 2 is. He didn't go into verse 3. And it says that he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, you've heard it. I've spoken it. This prophecy from Isaiah has become a reality to you today, and you're hearing it. One of the things that's interesting here, this was really his announcement of this portion of his ministry, where he would give sight to the blind and set free those who were oppressed. You know, if you look at the ministry of Jesus in these three years before the cross, he went about healing people. The blind got their eyesight back. Uh, the lame would walk. This is what he was talking about here. And that's why he stopped where he did, because the cross hadn't happened yet. And yet, when we read this verse in Isaiah and go beyond this point, where it begins to say, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. This is what happened on the cross. And this is critical here, that this announcement, both from Isaiah and from Jesus reading this about himself, this is Jesus really his introduction, his first mention, or certainly an early mention of his ministry. And you know, something that's really, really interesting, theologians have a, a rule. They call it the rule of first mention. If something in the scriptures is mentioned for the first time, they pay particular attention to it because that's when the Lord seems to put out the information that you really need. A good example is like a first mention of something would be Genesis 3 when the scripture teaches us that the serpent, this is the first mention of Satan really. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And that was a bit of information that theologians would say, okay, that's the first mention. So the fact that he was crafty is of very, very high importance. That's an example of what they would call the rule of first mention. Now here in Luke 4, Jesus is really announcing his ministry. And this was his first mention of what it would be like. And he's quoting Isaiah 61. He's saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. This is of critical importance. It's the highest level of importance. He has sent me to proclaim the release, the freedom of the captives from sickness and blindness, 
to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favor, the year of favor. That's what it means. It says the favorable year of the Lord, but he's talking about the year of favor, that God's favor was here. So these things were critical. And that's why he stopped at that point, because that's what his ministry was going to look like on earth. He was going to go to the cross and accomplish even more, which is where we begin to read in verse 3 in Isaiah 61, where he's saying to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them beauty for ashes. So I want you to look at what that means. What is beauty here? Why does one say a garland for ashes and another translation beauty? When the King James, the word beauty really does mean an embellishment like a fancy headdress, a bonnet, an ornament, something good. So it really is about that. It's an ornament to wear a headdress. So he's saying, I'm going to give you a headdress instead of ashes. And the ashes here is really a worthless, it's a word that means worthless, it's ashes, it's not good. So he's exchanging the ashes and giving you beauty, a headdress. He is doing something to you. He's transforming your life. That's what this is talking about. And this is what happened on the cross. The finished work of the cross is really where verse 3 starts to come in in Isaiah 61, giving them a garland instead of ashes. So why does one other translation say garland? Because the word for the headdress is also a garland headdress. In fact, we used a picture that shows somebody with a garland headdress on. That's why we did it. It's the headdress. So it could be a garland. It could be a turban. It can be any number of different headdresses that were beautiful in these days. For you, see it as a spiritual matter. It's being adorned by God. We see this in the prodigal son when the son goes away and he lives an ungodly life, but he comes back to his father and his father just clothes him with robes of beauty and he just he gave, them, he gave him everything. He reclothed him. If you read that story, you'll see it. To the point where his brother even was jealous. And the reason I'm talking about all of this and the reason I brought up the first mention idea is because when Jesus starts reading this scripture, he's introducing something very early on. It is either the first mention or certainly one of the first. And he is saying something that is of critical importance. These were the big things that he was talking about to preach the gospel to the poor, the recovery of sight to the blind, to free those who are oppressed and to talk about and proclaim and to preach the favorable year of the Lord or the year of the Lord's favor to man. And this is why this scripture, when you read it through in Isaiah 61, is of such critical nature. So I'm going to read it again, having said that. Right from verse 1, I'm going to read it out of the New King James. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise. Do you see that? The garment of praise. 
for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now, the New King James was just slightly different than the King James. It's saying the same thing, but what I like here is that it's saying you have the oil of joy for mourning. That's very clear. That's the Spirit of God replacing the emptiness and the mourning in a person's life. This is transformation of life. That's what it's talking about. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. And look at this the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. A garment is something that simply is, that word means to wrap around. You have wrapped, like you're wrapping a blanket around you. The other version we read said the mantle of praise. The mantle is just that. It's a wraparound. That's what it is. All of these versions are saying the same thing. They're saying that you're going to get this headdress instead of ashes, this beauty, God will beautify your life. This was given to us in Isaiah as a very high level of importance for God's people to see. And those of us who are born again, who are Christians, need to see what did God do for us? What was Jesus doing in his ministry? And what happened on the cross? How does that affect our lives? That's what Isaiah 61 is about. And there's more, much more to it. We're just looking at the first three verses. But I felt impressed to focus on verse 3 because there's so much there. You're being given life for death in every single case. To be given a headdress is to be given honor. To be given oil is to be given life. To be given a mantle of praise is to be wrapped in God's word and in, in his praise instead of a spirit of fainting. And it says you'll be called the oaks of righteousness, trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. People will see it. They'll see this glorious life. This is important to look at. It really is. This is important. And I want to encourage you to focus on this a bit and think about it. We spoke a few weeks ago about a crisis of identity because we don't know who we are and we feel discouraged at times and we identify with that. Well, I'm discouraged. I'm defeated. But this verse here, verse 3, not to mention what he's saying prior to it, to liberate the captives, freedom of prisoners. He has set us free. We heard about the favor of God. This is very important. And all of that to bring us to the point where he shows us he's going to transform our lives. And this is how we identify as a new creation, not the old. If anybody be in Christ, he is a new creation. That's the picture here. Beauty for ashes. That's quite a trade. Joy for mourning. That's quite a trade. I mean, this is what God has done. And it's so fundamental, but it's the most important aspect of what God is doing. That's what he wants for every believer. That's his will. When people say, what is God's will? It's to console those who mourn, to give beauty for ashes, to give oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what this is. This is really beautiful, brothers and sisters, and I hope you see what I'm trying to say here, that these first three verses here, and Jesus, like I said, he quoted it when he was announcing his ministry. These are critical. These are huge. It's not just a nice saying. 
Beauty for Ashes sounds nice, and it is. But if you understand it, and you understand what's being said here, it's talking about a transformation of life. It's talking about lifting somebody up out of the ashes, so to speak, out of the dirt, out of the mire, cleaning them off, making them righteous, putting a headdress on them, wrapping them in a robe of praise, pouring oil on them of joy, all in replacement of death. That's what this is about. This is very rich. It really is. And I encourage you to really spend some time with these three verses in Isaiah 61. It'll be well worth your time. And look at Luke 4 so you can see the Lord bringing up part of this verse as he enters into his earthly ministry before he goes to the cross. It's really something. So I think I'm going to stop there. It's just so good. So I'll read verse 3 again, just so we can kind of end on that. This is what the ministry of Jesus does. I want to be clear about that. This is the ministry of Jesus to all who look to him. This is for you. Everything on this list is for you. And if you don't see or understand this in your life, say, Lord, show me this for my life. I want to understand what beauty for ashes is for me and oil of joy instead of mourning is for me and what a garment of praise is to be called a tree of righteousness. This is you, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. This is good. So again, it says this, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now when you read it, you get a whole different picture. It's very rich. I'll leave it there. God bless you for listening with us today. Thank you so much. And I hope that this really gives you a rich sense of what the Lord does in your life and wants to do in your life and what he is giving us. It's a gift. So thank you for listening and God bless you and we will see you on the next episode.